Welcome to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast, brought to you by Asfalis Advisors and the Disaster Recovery Journal. Crisis management in today's world is ever-changing, and this podcast is our commitment to help you navigate successful outcomes for any crisis you may face. I'm your host, Vanessa Matthews. I specialize in providing insights and solutions for crisis, continuity, and resilience across industries from real estate and healthcare to terrorism in the airline and transportation worlds. No matter what industry you're in, this podcast will provide you the tools to build resilience in your organization. Today's podcast is titled Building Financial Resilience to Secure Your Family's Future. And our guest is Melanie Boykin. She is the Business Continuity and Disaster Recovery Coordinator for Commerce Bank. Melanie, what's up? <laughs> That's what I really want to do. First of all, can I just be myself? Can I just be myself? Please, please. Uh, I would not have it any other way. <laughs> thank you. That makes me feel a little more at ease if I could just be myself. So I didn't get the memo, but I should have worn my Falcon shirt. Hey, uh, Chiefs all the way, baby. Chiefs <laughs> all the way. Patrick, my homie, and uh, to my, my boo, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Don't tell my husband I said that. <laughs> so, all right. I am super excited because you and I have met, uh, thanks to DRJ, uh, we've hung out in Arizona a couple times. Mm-hmm. And every time I talk to you, I learn more about you. But what I think is so interesting is that not only do you work in financial services from a BCP DR perspective, but you're also doing some things that's going to help us to become more personally financial resilient. And I'm just so excited to talk a little bit more about that. So for the people who don't know you, can you give them the deets, the receipts of who that is? I don't know about receipts, Chad, but listen. (laughs) So I'm a business continuity disaster recovery professional for Commerce Bank. As you said, I have been there for a whopping 31 years and 11 months. Yes. Uh, So come December, I will be there will have been there 32 years. So I spent the first 24 years in item processing um, where I did their business continuity plan or my team's business continuity plan. I also did the testing, which is how I kind of got into business continuity. And then in 2014, I made the switch over to the other side, (laughs) which has been really good. So I, I love business continuity and I also love talking about money and personal finance and how we can do better. So let's talk about some money then. Okay. Okay. So in our industry, we have a lot of conversations about financial resilience, uh, but typically from a corporate perspective or a business standpoint, and it's not always about the personal aspect, which is a different ball game. And so question for you is, what are some of the patterns that you have seen that have emerged from a financial literacy perspective? First, I like to think that I'm an open book, so I'll talk to anybody about anything, okay? So, but I talk about money usually at work with my manager, who used to be my peer, um, and then coworkers. So we talk about, we don't talk about salaries, of course. Nobody wants to talk about salaries, which, and I don't understand why, but some of the patterns that I've seen or noticed are a lack of financial literacy as children, mm-hmm. you know, the impact of debt particularly student debt, which student loan debt drives me crazy how much money people owe on student loan debt. Thank God I don't have any, but I do have, I do and have had that credit card debt 
So that's the part that I'm trying to recover and I'm trying to teach other people about or at least inform them about so they can avoid getting into credit card debt. So, you know, money wasn't talked about as when we were children and most of us have learned, you know, the hard knock life, you know. <laughs> so we've learned lessons from our mistakes. So hopefully we can just take our mistakes and teach other people uh, how not to do that. Man, so I, I have a motto to your point. Let's talk about numbers early and let's talk about numbers often. And we don't do that. We don't. We don't do that. And my kids, who I, I have three adult sons, they often remind me how I did not teach them about my money. And it's true. But really, I didn't know. And so I just get a bank account. Or it's just do this, but actually showing them, taking them to the bank and opening up an account. We, I, I didn't have that experience. We didn't have money. And so I didn't do that with them, but I do try to do better now. Now that I have a seven-year-old granddaughter, we're saving money. And our next step is to take her to a bank to open up her savings account. So right there, let's, you've talked about your husband, your sons, your daughter, yourself, what you grew up as, what, what is, what has been your personal finance journey? And I guess maybe starting <laughs> from who taught you, whatever they taught you. And then how did you utilize that to gain control of your financial future? Okay. So I was raised in a single parent home, my mother, me and my mother and my sister, uh, my mother worked. She actually worked for Commerce Bank for 27 years. Um, and then I just, I remember her doing the best she could. There were hard times. I remember like once our hot water tank burst and she didn't have the money to get it fixed immediately. So we were boiling water to wash dishes, sometimes to take a bath. Sometimes we went over to my aunt's house. So I knew what I didn't want to be. And not, not nothing against her. You know, she did the best that she could. And I appreciate that. And and I was even excited when I was able to get a job and buy my own clothes and, you know, pay for activities and different things like that. So when I moved out, it was challenging. I did continue bad money habits. I've had electricity cut off and paid bills late for no other reason than I just wanted to do other things with that money. Right. So. It wasn't a good start, but then I learned, like I asked my godfather to borrow some money one time and he said, he used to let me do it. And then he was like, you know, I just don't think God want us borrowing money. And you know, you throw God in there and it's a whole nother ball game. <laughs> so, so that kind of stopped me from the whole borrowing thing. And I started pulling some things together. But again, that was mm -hmm. not before I was in credit card hell for like three times, you know, but then I learned, and now I just don't want debt. I don't want payments. And if you think about it, payments are robbing you of your income. How can you move on to the future if you're still paying for the past? It's just... Hold on. That's going to be like the, the quote. Say that one more time. How can you move on to the future if you're still paying for the past? We should the podcast right there. Like, stop. Done. <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> Ooh, okay, so is it safe to say that his question, did his question lead you to your own personal finance like journey? It started like I didn't want to, well, I knew I couldn't go back to him. 
<laughs> and I didn't really have too many other people around me that had money that I could borrow from. And, and mind you, my mother was very supportive then. Um, she helped me with my kids. If it was, I was short at Easter time or something, it was nothing for her to be grandma and say, here, here's money, go get the kids, whatever they need or whatever. And I was really happy for her too, to be in that season where she could do pretty much whatever she wanted to do now, you know, we were pretty independent, but again, I say she would kick in whenever we needed that assistance there. And I was, I am more 37-ish or something. I separated, I was separated for a period of time and I had to pull myself and my money together. You know, I would be meal planning and my son, who was 13 or 14 at that time, he would sit at the bar and write out meals that we could eat. He would go through the sale ads. He'd make the grocery list. I'd be cooking, maybe drinking a bottle of wine. I, we, I, we, we won't talk about that, but, you know. <laughs> but, you know, that was how I started pulling it together is I had to, I had me, you know, to depend on. You got to bet on yourself. Yeah, mm -hmm. I had to. So I remember we interviewed Brock Long, the former administrator of FEMA, and he talked about financial resilience for families and you reached out to me on LinkedIn. I think that's how we, we connected or we reconnected. Yeah. Reconnected. And we were like, Whoa, that was fire. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so in thinking about COVID and thinking about the, every recession that our generations have gone through, I think from my age group and the millennial range, uh, the 08 recession is the one that uh -huh. I can remember and talk about. Mm-hmm. And understanding what those things have done to so many of the different families who were really not prepared or who were one disaster away from financial ruin. Um, if someone is looking to really build a solid financial future for their family, from your perspective, where where do they start? You know, Vanessa, I think we miss the basics, even in financial literacy. Like I talked about meal planning. How many times do you go to the grocery store, spend $250, and you come home and ain't got nothing to match? You got peanut butter, ain't got no jelly. <laughs> you got macaroni, ain't got no cheese. Or either you got peanut butter and jelly, and you don't have no bread. So it's just starting with simple things like that, like meal planning. Count the number of days from payday to payday. Write down meals that you can have. Make a grocery list off of that. Check those sale ads to see if things are on sale. And then grocery shop with only what's on that list. And it, that's hard to do when you're walking the down the aisle browse. And you got to be very intentional. The other thing is knowing what your income and expenses look like. Take a blank sheet of paper. Line down the middle. Income, expenses. Write those down. Are your expenses more in your income if so you got to start cutting some stuff out or you got to bring in more money so knowing where you are and what you have to work with is key in getting control and building that future for you mm -hmm. so we talked a little bit about financial literacy or topics around you know money or cash can be quote unquote taboo uh and people may think it's uncomfortable but what's your perspective on how we reduce the stigma um, mm -hmm. around it so we can encourage people to speak up and to discuss things um, that involve aspects of finances and cash? Mm -hmm. You know, um, my friend says this, money is a tool. A lot of people say that money is a tool to get the things we need 
to create experiences and memories. And it's only uncomfortable when you don't have it. <laughs> so people who have money don't mind talking about it. They don't mind sharing their thoughts and they don't mind sharing their strategies. So for the people who don't have it or don't have as much of it, it's put your egos aside. You know, put away the excuses and ask for help, you know, for what you want to know and do better. Don't be ashamed that you don't know or you that you want to know more. Most pe people that have money, they want to share it. They want to share that. They don't want to share the money. No, they, they don't. They want to share the information. Right. So, and, it, and I think it's 2022. You can learn whatever you want to learn on YouTube University. You, you don't even have to talk to a person if you don't want to, but there is so much information available to you just on the internet. Yep. And I want to give Commerce a plug. One thing they launched, I think it was this year, they have a new program that is focused on personal finance. So it's a website you can go to, you can take a, a survey so they can assess where you are and they give you you know, just different tips and classes and different things that you can learn. So I am so proud to work with this company that it has is an investing in its employees' personal finance. So one, let me just say thank you for your transparency. Um, as a small business owner, I've shared this before, but really my first few years of business, we failed and almost never came back because I was lacking in financial literacy. And I just First of all, I wasn't paying attention to what's coming in needs to be more than what's going out. <laughs> I couldn't read the financial statements and I didn't know, like I didn't know a balance sheet yeah. or a cash flow statement and you working for a bank, you all support personal finances, but you also support small businesses. And so I think that a lot of what you're saying can also apply uh, to small business owners because at the end of the day, we are people. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't mention that. Though. I do have a wood sign business and I'm I'm still figuring out some of that business. Thank God for tax professionals. OK, <laughs> like when you can't do it yourself, trust me, it's better to just hire somebody that know what they're doing so that you can stay in alignment with the laws, you know, so. Uh, that's one area I'm still working on. And, and again, the personal finance part, uh, I'm still working on that. If, if I'm being honest about it, you know, so it's just, it's baby steps. Each day I'm learning more and thank God too, we have re access to the resources at the job, at the bank, you know, so I can call a personal banker. I can call a small business person to get information. So just get to know your banker too. Mm -hmm. I, I highly encourage that. Get to know your banker, especially as a small business owner. If you want to get a loan, who's better to root for you and to push for you to say if they do turn you down. So if you know that person, they can go out there and fight for you. I know somebody at the bank that she don't play. She will fight and she especially fights for people of color, you know, because that that's the disparity, you know. So she will fight for you. And it's you gotta know who your personal banker is and let them know who you are. Absolutely. You know? So we talked about uh, stigmas around financial literacy. We talked about the things that we were taught and handed down. We talked about how do we transfer that knowledge down to our children. Uh, we talked about creating a financial future and a plan for ourselves. Um, mm -hmm. We talked about the impact on small businesses and some of the decisions that, that we have to make and much more. 
as we wrap up today's podcast, where can our subscribers and listeners learn more about you as well as some of the things that you focus on from a financial literacy perspective? I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Melanie Boykin. I am also um, on Facebook and Instagram uh, as simply custom wood designs. I have a wood sign business that I absolutely love. I used to make cupcakes. Uh, simply cupcakes. I, I stick with the simply. And then um, I'm also a co-host of a podcast YouTube show, Girls Talk Money. Um, so you can find us on YouTube at Girls Talk Money. And then you can also find us on Instagram at Let's Talk Money 1969. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast brought to you by Asphalus Advisors and Disaster Recovery Journal. Make sure you check out the show notes for this episode to see all the upcoming events, programs, and ways we can support you. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review, and share it with a friend. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.